complicated and fascinating world that invites us to dive deep into its intricacies. Exploring the ideas and events that excite, intrigue, irritate, and confound us is how we graduate our knowledge beyond meme culture. Join us over a cocktail as we expand our understanding and share in the beauty we find along the way. I'm Stephen Torna. I'm Kat Dwyer. And I'm Stephen Henning. Welcome to the Whiskey Bench. Mr. Henning? Yes, sir. I hope that you're well this evening. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's my Friday. I work a 410 schedule, so I am I'm kicking back with a nice big glass of Lagavulin 16. That is what mm. I love to hear. And I am enjoying a delicate and delicious, sweet, and herbal-infused cocktail by the name of a bijou. Oh, I've I've heard the name before. I could I could not tell you a single ingredient. Well, it uh it has chartreuse in it, which we talked about mm-hmm. a little bit ago on a prior episode. Some beautiful herbal monk liqueur. Oh. It's got some gin. It's got a little sweet vermouth. Some orange bitters. And it's garnished with a Luxardo cherry. The cherry is the move right there. Yes, please. This drink is old. Probably not as old as uh, Lafroy. About the 1900, turn of the century, um, is when the first recipe was found. It, like so many other drinks, which is going to be a reoccurring theme, Vanished during Prohibition and uh, found their way back into knowledge many years mm. later. The drink allegedly was named due to the color of its ingredients. Bijou means a jewel or a trinket. It seems reasonable to draw a connection due to the diamond, pure gin, the ruby red vermouth, and the emerald green chartreuse that Whoa. is in it. I can't wait to see a picture of this. Yes, it's it's a kind of a beautiful amber or yeah, it's like an amber color with all those ingredients mixed together. Frosty. Honestly, the best way that I've seen it described is bombastically herbaceous. <laughs> Ow. That's a vocabulary. And uh, I can't I can't say anything I I can't say anything else on it. It is truly bombastically wow. herbaceous. This is very this is powerful. So, this is what I'm enjoying this evening. Sadly, Kat Dwyer is not with us this evening. She is unwell and uh, needed a, another night of rest. So that is a shame. I, I'm not able to mm. share this drink with Virtual anyone. Virtual cheers. Evening. You and but, me. Cheers. Yeah, it's... Yes. <laughs> Clink. So unlike the usual format of Kat and I sitting across from each other and Henning calling in, I'm, I'm here alone. A little weird. I got my feet kicked up. I'm kind of leaned back, real You're lazy. In the zone. This is how I record every podcast I, now. I kinda, so, <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I'm kind of liking it. Uh-oh. So maybe I'm gonna get some loungers and cat. Oh, there can you go. Maybe be a little more comfortable while we're recording. I've been, I've been really looking into like once, once Dixie and I are moved into our next place in into like a full proper house. I really want a podcast studio that is more geared for recording, like allowing you to get the mic reached to your 
head, but you're sitting like on a couch and more of that like reclining vibe instead of here at the table, right? That, oh. Right. And I'm lean, but you know, I have to be close to the table. Right. My boom arm. I think I've got the same one as you. They're only like three feet long. Yeah. (laughs) You definitely have some limits, right? Yeah. No, that, that just like kickback on a couch vibe. Have a good conversation. That's that's exactly yes what we're going for anyway. So enjoy it. Honestly, a a a true like armchair expert style. Oh yeah, yeah, would be amazing. Because every time I watch any armchair expert, they're Dax. just so comfy. Good old Dax. Like, Dax, he's oh, lean back. He and... just got. He was just recently interviewed on the Tim Ferriss show, and oh, Ooh, like okay. a two hour interview between two podcast giants oh it was so good i don't really even have notes it's just like you should you should go listen to it i think it you would find a ton of value in it absolutely i you know i'm a bit i used to listen to a lot of armchair expert um, yeah like deck shepherd and i've got so many podcasts right now that sometimes podcasts get uh booted for a little while then I'll I'll reinstate my passion and have to catch up on yeah you'll binge you'll yeah you'll catch up binge on a show you're into exactly or I'll do a sloppy run through be like eh, I'm not interested in this yeah person. I'm not interested yep. in this person but okay well here's the thing I do that and but I know I shouldn't do it because a, a prime example is with your other podcast oh KMP. yeah no normal no people. normal people there have been a few people. That I was like, eh, I don't really think I have anything in sure. common with this person. Like, I'm not going to be interested oh. in this. And then, and then you, I listen yeah. to it. And I'm like, oh, wait. Uh, okay. All right. This person's actually really cool. And, uh, thank you. Bad person. Thank you. Well, bad. okay. So I think there's, there is actually a difference, though, between the two, between the two. Like, you're listening to, Armchair Expert or the Tim Ferriss Show or something. They're interviewing big names that you would recognize on like the spines of books and record labels Mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know. They've been on TV, right? Like they've they've done their circuit there. Maybe they're in government, something like that. I think it's I think it's permissible, and I I actually even encourage that. Um, in my own podcast listening, it's like, Hey, if you're not, if you're just not into this person, you don't need to feel guilty to the podcast itself. You know, like, so Tim Ferriss is a good example. He had Dax Shepard on last Friday or last, uh, last week. And then this week he had Dan Harris of, uh, 10% happier fame. Like that was his whole, um, his, his whole meditation thing. Right. And, uh, Okay. Honestly, I was like, I think I've probably heard enough of Dan Harris in the past that I probably know how this is going to go. So I just, I just skipped it. And I think that's fine, honestly, especially when it's a name that's going to make the rounds Mm -hmm. on a good number of podcasts that are kind of structured around the same, same thing, right? Like interviewing experts and artists and thought leaders and, and that, but no normal people is so specifically and explicitly the opposite of that. (laughs) Right, someone that I do yeah. not know, so, and kind of someone a you've story never that's heard awesome. of. 
I, I've got to interrupt for one second and give us a little bit of some AMSR. ASMR, okay. There ASMR. I, I got to blow this candle out. I realize that all the audio is going to be crackly. I've got a crackly <laughs> candle. One of those wood wicks. Yeah. Can you hear that? I don't that? hear it, but I mean, if it's going to bother you. Sounds like a stinking bonfire. Yeah. I just want to blow this sucker out. It's wow. a triple. Triple wick. Wow. Triple wicker. Good work. All right. She's out. See, I, I like a good think. I like a good candle, but yeah. If it's gonna bother the the podcasting mix. Man, so what is what has your experience been like lately? Like you're the producer of the whiskey bench. What have you learned? What are you excited about in this space? Okay, so I had I did text you guys last week, but this is honestly what I'm most excited for right now is that I am now able to recognize by wave pattern <laughs> each of our unique yes. ums. Yep. Yep. The shape of them. And when we're flying through, I can look down a, you know, a minute down the road and and be able to <laughs> accurately say, okay, at 1320, you see it Kat coming. says um. At 1745, yeah. Steven says um. It's great. So that's 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 become very good. really useful. That's very good. The other thing is, I have picked up on all of our little mm. vocal ticks, which has started to drive me I don't, mad. I don't want to throw Cat under the bus as long as she can't uh, represent herself. So what? What's the thing that I do that drives you crazy? It doesn't drive me crazy, but I just notice it. You, I think, through KMP, have become really attuned with listening, and part of your <laughs> listening and engaging is that you do a lot of like, hmm. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. And that's very distinct <laughs> and that's not annoying, but it's, it's, I would sure. call that like a vocal tick. Yeah. It's cat uh, has cat has one that I had, you know, mentioned to her cause she was like, Oh, you have right. to tell me, you have to tell me. Uh, well, like you said, we'll, we'll make sure she's present before we bring up anything like that. Exactly. Even though you shouldn't have to defend yourself for a vocal tick. It's a calculated decision I made on no normal people, especially because I'm the interviewer having people on my show, right? Like I'm, I'm explicitly asking them the questions and trying to guide the conversation when it's an all audio medium for the, for the listener of the podcast. It's not necessarily evident that I'm actively listening, like with the eye contact and with nodding my head and all that until I start vocalizing just right, a you little have an bit. hour long. You could, ha- yeah, right. <laughs> You could have a 15 minute segment where it's just dead silence from either of the headings. And uh, I can see how having some engagement there would right, be really because, important. Yeah. As long as it's all audio, you kind of have to model and like prove that you're actually listening to the person you're having on the show and not, <laughs> and not just letting them monologue. <laughs> exactly. And honestly, it's got to be way harder all remotely now that you're not are you doing any in-person recordings? We did one in-person recording just recently because she is a member of our like our really tight COVID circle, right? Like we're we're all being very careful, especially in Yellowstone County here, where things are the worst in Montana State. Yeah, things, things are, are really bad here. So, um, but we did just recently do a an in-person interview because she was she's already part of that really tight, uh, keeping it safe circle. But otherwise, actually, Dixie and I were just talking about this. The majority of No Normal People has been... like Our podcast, No Normal People, is only two months older than the coronavirus is in the United States. So, like, 
Gotcha. The, I the guess easy that's, majority that's of our episodes have been recorded over Discord like we're doing here tonight. And a lot of the time, a lot of the time to make sure that the the internet plays well and we bias getting the best audio possible, the video is off. So it's literally like a phone call interview for two hours. And yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's exactly where that habit comes from. It's like, I have to prove to them that I'm actively listening by, by making all these noises. But I definitely hear it. I definitely hear it now when I listen to Whiskey Bench. I'm like, oh, Steven, shut up, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. What about you? Uh, it's all what, right. Well, what do you me, do that drives okay, so you crazy? Mine is. Okay, here's. The I'm ready. Deal. I've already gotten so much better with ums and I don't smack or anything like that. I know those are common mm-hmm. ones that get really mm-hmm. uh, annoying. But I have these really long pauses in between Mm. thoughts well they're not even in between thoughts because that's normal i'll be discussing something and then a normal sentence that should be smooth has these really weird pauses (laughs) in between words kind of like yeah 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 and it drives me nuts because i didn't notice it until i I actually started recording and listening and I'm sitting there, I sound like someone who doesn't know very much English, <laughs> no. and they're trying to think, okay, what's the translation for this English word? It's oh, really simple. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like, man, if someone actually heard this truly unedited, they would, they would think, Stephen is incapable of speaking. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I when, I, when I, when we first started K and- And then I asked some people, and they're like, yeah, you pause a lot, because you're just like right. thinking, and okay- Right. Someone should have yeah, told me. Right. Yeah, you don't think about any of those things. I I actually built an entire note in my Evernote that was just like personal speaking notes. And everything that I start noticing as a, a common tick or a common annoyance when I'm editing my own shows, I just keep this running list of take the word like out of your vernacular, man. You don't need it. And you're allowed to think without using filler words like um. If anything, Stephen, I would rather you just pause and know it's really easy to edit out those pauses than get even better at recognizing your own um pattern, you know? Well, exactly. And like I said, I've already gotten way better on the ums. They still happen. Absolutely. They happen to everyone. Likes? I think I'm fairly certain that I keep those right, to a yeah. Sometimes they just pop up. Yeah. Yeah, it's they rough. absolutely do. The other thing that I've noticed, and I think this is just something that happens when there's any kind of lull in the conversation, especially if someone makes kind of a closing thought to uh, a small yeah. segment that we had. Someone will go, right. <laughs> and then maybe I'll go, oh, right. And then Cat <laughs> will go, right. And then you'll go back again and be like, right. <laughs> so there's like four rights in a row. Like, holy moly, this yeah. is like the vultures like one of us from... Tr- uh, one of us tried to the throw the pitch book. for the other one to bat, and we, we're all just like... <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, what? Back Sorry, and forth. I missed it. Take it again. Dude, so what What has been your journey in the last week with with purging the closet and like getting rid of stuff? Okay, all right, we got to... Let's get this into is, it. This, this is, is the update. This is the so torn update, the update everyone is craving. Last week, if you guys didn't catch it, we talked about minimalism. Uh, it's something that I'm kind of ready to pursue. My life's been cluttered. And so Kat and Henning had a ton of great insight, gave me some encouragement, mm. gave me somewhere to start. They said, you know, I think the closet sounds like that's what's bothering you the most, so you need to tackle that. 
me, being the productive person I am, or maybe overambitious, actually decided to tackle everything at once. Oh, whoa. Okay. Okay. So I took all of the tubs that were in my closet, all of my clothes, and I piled everything in my room. Like you went went full on Marie Kondo, like every article of clothing. Yeah. Kind of. Everything, every little, had tubs with weird boxes that had <laughs> right. little knickknacks in them. Just things that get thrown in a box when I moved, uh, you know, four months ago, yep. five months ago, however long it's been. And then I haven't, you know, looked at. And then it made my room awful. I couldn't even walk in it. So that was motivation for yeah. me to do something with it. But then, I, but then I thought, oh, I have a storage unit that's mostly all of work supplies tools. But I've got some stuff in there. So I went and got stuff from storage brought it, dumped it out, dumped stuff out on my desk. So it was like my closet, my room, my desk, everything I tackled all at once. Yeah, you just went for it, man. Eh, yeah. And so I spent two days, the full weekend, just trying to work through this overwhelming pile of mess, right? Turned out really well. I, uh, I think last week I said, I think you said, oh, you could probably get rid of half of your wardrobe. And I think, and I think I replied, Oh, yeah, probably seventy percent. I actually think I got rid of eighty-five percent. Whoa, what does it feel like looking in your closet now? I just see clothes that I like. Hell yeah, dude! That's exactly what. That's exactly how it should feel. That's so good. I, I walked in and I, you know, I found out some some deep things about myself. I went through my dress shirts. The only dress shirts I kept are all okay. blue. Yeah, which is odd because again. It's embarrassing to talk about it, but I know that this is just common. People have a lot of clothes. I probably had 25 dress shirts, and I think I kept, I kept five. There you go. And that's probably could have, you know, I probably could have thinned out more. That's a solid week's worth of rotation. I don't, and I don't, I work so much. I'm not even wearing (laughs) dress shirts so much. Yeah, you're on, you're on the job site. And you know, I, I think I... Yeah, and I went down to five pants, Excellent. all of which I wear. I'm sure. quite the pant man. Uh, I kept probably four short sleeve button ups. I did make one mistake. Oh hitting. no! Tell me, tell me. I purged all of my t-shirts oh, except for two. Okay. And then this week, I was like, "Huh, I like don't have enough t-shirts to wear this week." <laughs> <laughs> so. We're going to go pick up a few t-shirts because I well, need to wear clothes yeah. at work. <laughs> so I guess my recommendation there is like you've identified that blue is your favorite dress shirt, right? I mean, you could just right. go full on like the, the six black t-shirts like I do. Just find the, find the one that fits True. well and then just buy five of them. Well, these are specifically going to be for work. That's okay. mostly where sure. I need t-shirts, either under, under something or, or whatnot. I usually wear like a heavier button up. Well, yeah, so you, basically you could just go, like, get a pack of undershirts, like Hanes or Fruit of the Loom or whatever. Yeah, although I'm going to end up going and finding a nice, uh, if you have any recommendations, oh. I would love it. So I'm, I'm looking for some nice American-made t-shirts. Um, I love a t-shirt with, like, a little breast oh, pocket. Oh, okay, you like the pocket tee. And then I'm going to go, yeah, exactly, Michael Clausen just did my business logo nice. design. And so I want to go get some nice quality work shirts printed oh, up. Oh, yeah, with the logo on the pocket. Get my, yeah, get That'd my logo sick. on there on the pocket and then so maybe good. something on the back. And they're good. I want them to be American made. Oh. 
and then maybe do it with uh, a sweatshirt, and then that'll be my little work uniform. Yeah. Yeah, my work uniform. I like that. Because you're representing yourself, but you're also wearing something you're willing to get stinky in, right? Like, doing the manual work. Yeah, exactly. And then when I was going... Exactly. When I was going through my purging process, I was not... I realized, okay, I work. So I kept... You know, I've got Mm -hmm. two pairs of work pants. I've got two work shirts. I kept some extra sweaters. Because it's true, I beat stuff up. Yeah. So I couldn't get rid of everything. So I've got, you know, I've got like a pant and shirt section and then I've got my work section. I think that's a good way. That was great. To divide it. I got rid of, I went through, exactly. I went through and got rid of probably half the books that I had. Wow. Okay. I I, honestly, I went through and I said, okay, have I ever read this book? Some of them I never had. They went. I had some old textbooks that I really didn't want to hold on to. I was hoarding textbooks. I remember getting rid of my textbooks. Can I tell you though? I'll tell you one thing. You know what I did keep though? Was my calculus, my calculus book. Calculus book? Because okay. that was the steal of my college career, man. I found I found the college the the calculus book that would take us through the Rocky curriculum um calculus 1 through 3 teachers edition for $5 on a website. And it had never it was Saran wrap still. It had it had, like had the CD-ROM on how to teach the class. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I paid probably like 140. <laughs> and it wasn't the teacher's book, edition, so. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So <sighs> still pretty proud about that. That's a bummer. But yeah, so I got rid of a ton of that. I, the only textbooks that I kept was uh fluid mechanics, because sure. I'm very interested in that. And then I kept some oh. pyrotechnic books. That sounds fun. Yeah, absolutely. Cool, you know? Good bathroom readers, how to make firecrackers. <laughs> okay, like that. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm gonna. Oh man, potty humor. All right, I'm gonna. We're moving on. Moving I'm on. Cool it. So no you got rid humor. of a bunch of books. We're moving so on. So, are are all these things like still piled in your house in a big box, or are they officially gone? Like they were dropped off at a donation. No, I packed them up. They got delivered. I got rid of. I just Hell threw away yeah, a ton man. of stuff that was just. Yeah. In poor condition. Yeah. Didn't have any value. Did you, did you run across, did you run across anything that you chose to like scan or take a picture before you threw it away? Just kind of like that, you know, the, the memory isn't in the thing. It's in what, what the image of it like triggers in you. Did you take pictures of anything before you got it, got rid of it just as a, as a memento? The, the only thing that I took a picture of was your graduation oh, photo. Oh, and you sent me that picture too. That's so sweet. And only, and, but only that I sent it to yeah. you. I read it. Yeah. I sent it to you and said, this was a great memory. And then Aww. I proceeded to get nice. Rid of it. And we had that moment and, right. and I don't need it. You know, it's, I hope you don't take it. No, absolutely. <laughs> Frame that Dude, sucker. Put it in the office. Not. Nope. <laughs> None of that. <laughs> Man, I, you know, I should have kept it and put it on socials, though. Mr. Henning, the man. Senior year looked fucking good on me, pre- man. Pre- you're pretty cute, man. You're, Absolutely, you're cute. I am. Thank you. All right. I see. I, okay. I, see. That was, I know what Dixie fell in love with. sweater you. vest look, right? Mm, that sweater nice vest. Hair. I wore that to my first jury duty. Argyle. I no longer have the sweater vest, but damn, I, I felt good. really good in it. Hey. That's probably good. 
What? Okay, so men, <laughs> back to men's fashion. Are you not into sweater vests? No, very much not. Oh, what's the opposition? Because I actually do really like the way I feel wearing them. Maybe it's just because I don't think I look good in them. Oh, see, but I definitely did. <laughs> like, it just feels weird. If they're, if they're Argyle or anything like that, I don't have a lot of... I think you're wearing like a nice crisp white shirt yep. and a red Argyle sweater. There's a nice combo, but I have a lot of... I had a lot of patterned... Dress shirts oh yeah, you're like gonna that. keep it solid. So like, if do you're I, gonna do that pattern? Do I get a solid vest sweater? And I'm like, at that point, I should get a long sleeve sweater. Mm. That's is, that's my. Reasoning. This is a fair point. Right on. But I got rid of I got rid of sweaters. I got rid of all sorts of stuff, and then I kept quite a bit of stuff. And then within two days, I was like, you know what? Screw it. These things are going as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was like a second wave. I was like, why am I holding on to this? Second wave. Yes. And so, uh, yeah, and I tried on everything per you and Kat's suggestion. It was great. Just tried on everything, looked in the mirror, you know? It was like that scene in The Grinch. (laughs) Um, I was like, ooh, ah. Right. Be like, that's it. I'm not going. This is powerful. I was like, oh, this makes me look fat. Get rid of it. Right. Oh, Be like, oh, my butt's just bursting out of these pants i'll keep those um (laughs) that's highlighting all the right places yeah yeah exactly this is good i got rid of remember we said oh man i've got so many ties yeah and my favorite ones are right behind cat right yep the ones that were behind cat i kept and then i kept one other in the closet yeah what was the what was your shoe like What's the shoe game like now? Because I, you, you are a shoe, shoe game. Man. Okay, I'm gonna be honest. Kept a lot of shoes. Yeah, I'm a shoe man. Absolutely. See, and the whole question is, it's not like, can you get it down to five pairs just arbitrarily for five pairs? It's, do you find value in your shoes? Do you like? Do, Right. Yeah, exactly. And I threw away all of my old dingy shoes that I have worked in. Right. You know, I was like, I can't keep these. I'm like, yeah, but I'll work in them. Okay, pick another pair to work right. in. So I got rid of all of those. Yep. I got rid of any duplicates I had. Nice. I think I got rid of, like, between throwing out stuff, getting rid of stuff, got rid of seven pairs of shoes. Nice. Nice. So now I've got, I've got, I've got a lot of shoes. <laughs> my dad, my my father. Is buying me shoes all the time. He know it's your love language. He knows. Apparently, like for my, you know, my birthday was just recently. He bought me two new pairs of of nicer, you know, pretty nice dress boots. Oh, nice! Right on. And the thing is, is I have I've always bought very nice shoes. And the thing about nice shoes is they last forever. They they absolutely do. And I and I try to maintain them. I clean them, polish them, and so I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh god. Eight pairs of dress boots. Nice. Nice. I don't think I had eight pairs, but, you know, I've got four pairs of dress boots and they're all pretty nice. (laughs) So I had to, you know, I had to make, I made a couple hard, like, all right. These got to go. They just got to go. You know, someone, someone will love these. They're going to go. Yeah. Because when presented the option, you go into the closet, you're looking for dress boots. You got to think through like, what are my top three choices here? And and basically, and literally, it's the top three. I've got like my true dress boots that are for dress. Yeah, I've got casual boots, you know, that I can go out if it's raining, snowing, maybe a little muddy, no worries. And then I've got a pair of 
in quote dress boots that are now just like a beater. Sure. Yeah. That, that I can wear to work if I need to throw on a nicer ish pair right. of shoes. And you still have the versatility, right? Like you have the colors all represented, a brown, a black pair, right. all that. Yeah, exactly. There it is. That's the move right there. So it felt really good. And uh, I'm in a position now where the next step is to kind of clean up the, the actual podcast table and computer desk. Oh, yeah. I'm going to streamline that a little bit. I've got some cord management to do. Do you rename the the sad plant? Or do you still? I have not okay. yet. Uh, I had a blast last week. Uh, so many people were messaging me when I had posted On that Instagram. picture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was like, this is frumpy. And people were like, you got to stop calling him frumpy. Thank and, you. And then. You absolutely and, need uh, to stop calling him frumpy. He, yes. He who's, takes, your, who's your friend? Um, Fa- Falcon? Oh, Falcon Grove. Alex Falcon Grove. Alex Falcon Grove. Shout out to you, man. What's up? He's the only one that gave me a suggestion. Oh. Um, oh. And he suggested that I name him Flaccid. <laughs> so <laughs> that's winning right now this because he's the only one that is, suggested. <laughs> this is a strong, that, that's a strong name. <laughs> that is a strong name. So I'm going to, this is, I'm going to float this oh, out there no. to the, to the, Good the bench yeah, squad. Yeah, right. Send me suggestions because I don't want to name it flaccid. Yeah. Like, thanks, thanks but it would Alex, be, but... It would be unhonorable <laughs> to deny the right to right. Alex. You could give... <laughs> that could be his middle name, right? Right, yeah. right. Gosh, that's pretty... I... Gosh, Alex, man. What a... He's going to be embarrassed that we're talking about him because he, he listens to the show, obviously. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it was great. I was like, I want to meet him. He, sound, he seems Dude, awesome. I... My relationship with him is such a treasure. It's absolutely wild. Like, so COVID started and we were all locked down. And because of that, we all kind of got the juice in those first few months, like March and April. Right. And he went and launched his own podcast um, called in. Wait, what? So he launched his own podcast called into um, like I N and then the number two, the artwork is absolutely fantastic. It's like this great pink ice cream cone um yeah so like that was his COVID inspiration they had collected a bunch of audio so he podcasts with his wife his childhood best friend and his parents and all at the same time like five people around a mic around the table and it was so cool like I just found it uh because we had become Facebook friends a while you know like how you friend like childhood acquaintances on Facebook or like follow them on Instagram. Like, Oh yeah, I'm tangentially know about you, but, uh, right. Man, exactly. So he released, he released the first episode and I listened to it and I was like, Oh, we got to talk again. Cause literally Alex was my first best friend as a child, like in, in the, in the town I was born in and did a little bit of growing up in, he was, he was my neighbor across the cul-de-sac and, we were like the best buds. We're constantly over at each other's houses. And then we move out of Colorado. He stays in Colorado, graduates there, goes to college there. And we just reconnect because we have podcasts. And basically, like my pitch to him was, hey, we should we should reconnect. You should come on No Normal People and I'll interview you and then I'll come on in too. Literally ever since then, we recorded his interview for probably two hours. 
And then we stayed on Discord. No joke. He and I talked for four more hours, just catching up and telling each other stories. And now he and I are connected on an app called Voxer, where it's which is like it's mm-hmm. like Marco Polo, but only audio. Oh. Which, in my opinion, is is that better. why is that why you don't Marco Polo me I d- anymore? I, honestly, love? man, I don't. Not that I ever Marco Polo you. But, hey, you, you definitely know. don't. But I, <laughs> I just, I've never been one of the members of our generation that values or that gets addicted to video content. Like I've never mm-hmm. been the kind of person who goes on YouTube rabbit trails for six hours from like 10 PM to 4 AM. Never, never interest interested me. And ever since I started listening to podcasts like five years ago, I've, I've learned to relate to people so well over a strictly audio medium that I honestly find like Marco Polo a little cumbersome just because like, do I really need to hold my phone at this angle so that they can see my face while I talk? Like this would be so much easier if I could just set my phone down and put in one AirPod as my microphone and then just talk for 15 minutes, right? It's so much easier to well, me. Okay, well, that's very fair because I, I remember when I first downloaded Marco Polo not even that long yeah. ago. It, it's still awkward. The video part, though. Like, you, to uh, videotape yourself. Yeah, I, I agree. And the amount of times that I have wanted to, I've recorded something for Instagram, Whiskey Bench or my personal one, like in a video And then format, you delete it. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. Right. I'll write you a story. I got another whiskey. Give me a sec. Oof! I heard the. I, I heard know. the. That was the. That was the pop of the Lagavulin. Mm. All right. Well. Oh man, I need to keep a bottle. No, I don't need to keep a bottle of whiskey in my room. What am I saying? That was the. That was the <laughs> ASMR juice that people are here for, right? Got the little pour sound there. Yes. I'm so proud of the sound design I did, by the way, on our intro for this show. I I, the music we chose is perfect. And it was so much fun to yes. get the, like, the pour sound and the bottle sound. And If you like what you're hearing, the best way to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts or on Facebook.com slash WhiskeyBenchPod for Android users. There you can leave us a five-star rating and a one or two sentence review to help others find the show. Thank you to Reagan James for the use of our theme music, The Habit, off her album, Message. Find her work on Spotify and Apple Music. Sorry, that that wasn't even a humble brag. I was just telling you how proud I have I am of myself. But here we here's, are. Here's here the are. truth. If you do something, you know when you do it well. And if you do it well, you should be proud of it. Mm. Well, thank you for the permission. I'll take it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm proud of it. <laughs> it's good. It's good work. <laughs> you should be. It was really good. And so yeah, shout out to Henning. He he did all of the intro, uh, outro, sound design, mixed it all, and then handed it to my small dude. It was an hands. absolute blast. Yeah, and then like building the templates for you to do all the sound design pretty much automatically. So all you have to do is edit. Because like I don't like I don't know if we want to tip our hand too much here, but we record on Thursday nights, and then you have the thing done and ready to go by Saturday morning, like. Right. We've, yep. We've done. We've streamlined the process. Fridays. I've dedicated Fridays to the podcast, so I don't work on Fridays anymore. 
Uh, I take those off specifically which, so I can which take you care can of do because whiskey bench related because you work for yourself like a badass and you can just say hey I don't work on Fridays anymore but get a hold of me another day. Just so everyone knows, my tongue's sticking out right now, and I'm rocking a uh, a shaka. <laughs> yeah, I'm going hell yeah, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, boy, what were we talking about before that? Oh, Voxer. Yeah. So like the yes. audio medium is so compelling to me that I really, I really, really don't care about adding video, especially because I consider myself not very photogenic. Um, like it's just weird to have to video my face while i do the talking that i'm used to doing right you're like god don't look hot today (laughs) this is a bad hair day my (laughs) my man (laughs) yeah yeah so voxer is so good because it's like you're intentionally playing phone tag and you're just leaving each other like asynchronous messages that you can respond to at your own leisure but so ever since oh this is how we got there ever since Alex and I reconnected by recording No Normal People. He and I have been Voxer, Voxering? That's the verb. Um, he and I have been mm-hmm. Voxering for months now. It honestly feels like, whoa, my, child be- my childhood best friend is back. We're, we're like telling each other some really deep and really powerful stuff. Like telling stories about how we grew up. Because we obviously miss that. Like I moved from Denver, I think when I was four or five. So like I, I have very few long-term memories of him, but it's so cool to be able to reconnect literally two decades later and feel like only a couple months in, like we've just picked up that friendship. And it was like, man, there was a reason we were friends when we were five years old. And now it's so cool to be friends when we're 25 years old. I really, really like that. And that, Actually reminds me of something that I am going to be putting into the KNP recap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be adding on to that. But something I had mentioned is that how much I'm looking forward to basically nurturing old friendships and fostering new ones in the upcoming year. Oh, absolutely. And it sounds like it sounds like with Alex, it's kind of it's a blending of those two. Yeah. Right? You're nurturing an old friendship, but you kind of fostered a new one because, it, it, you know, at our ages, I mean, we, we do change a, a oh, lot. Oh, yeah. We're completely different people so it must 20 be, years later. Must be really cool. But but having those common memories of, yeah, I remember when we used to jump on his trampoline in his backyard and jump up and hang on the, uh, like he had a, a huge, beautiful weeping willow tree in his backyard in his childhood home. So we would jump on his trampoline. And I remember specifically it was a rectangular trampoline, not a round one. I don't know why that mattered, but Mm -hmm. it was something that was like so fresh to me, I guess. But we, we would on the trampoline, we would like spike each other to get a ton of air and we would grab (laughs) onto the willow and then like swing across the, the backyard. And it was, it was an absolute blast. And that's, it's just one of those memories. It's like, man, I'm talking to this guy 20 years later and I I don't know, man, like it, the juice is there. Like we have the connection again and it's so cool. Okay. While you were telling that story, Henning, I closed my eyes and I was just listening and trying to imagine it, but I really don't know what you looked like when you were little. So I literally just shrunk down what you look like now. 
into like a three foot person See, and yeah. imagine you jumping on a trampoline <laughs> the it's 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 actually a little embarrassing and a little stupid how accurate that portrayal of five-year-old Steven is <laughs> dude like <laughs> yeah my basic shape has pretty much maintained I you texted me that picture of me like my senior picture and I showed it to Dixie and she's like honestly besides you growing a mustache during COVID you don't really look much different <laughs> and that's seven years after my senior picture was taken like okay I guess like I just got the the chronic baby face a little bit you still rocking the mustache absolutely I am I. To be okay, so here's the thing. Um, I can only grow a neck beard, like it uh-huh. only starts like right on my jawbone and like way past my Adam's apple, like top of a like a crew neck t shirt. Like, I'll have, I'll have neck hair that grows all the way to there, but nothing on my cheeks grow. I have like very little sideburns to boast. And a pretty pathetic mustache if I was to shave it clean and then let it go. But when COVID started, mm-hmm. right, I uh, I had the freedom to grow my, or at least try to grow my facial hair out. because So I work at an oil refinery that requires you to be shaven, clean shaven, except for they allow a mustache. And the reason for that is like they have to be able to quick fit you with an emergency respirator should anything happen out in the plant. Um, so they need Mm -hmm. that to have an airtight seal so they can get oxygen to, to you if you go unconscious or something like CO poisoning, or you got like a big dose of H2S or something, but a mustache is allowed because the whole thing that fits over your face, like goes over your nose and then around your chin. Um, yeah. So when we, we all got sent home for COVID work and, uh, like I, I was working from home for. I think it was about three months. So I just, I literally like from day one to the day I had to go back to the office, I just grew everything I could to just see what it was like. And the mustache is pretty pathetic, but give it a few months. Like I, there's enough of a, of a shadow and a definition to it that it's something that I, I kept knowing I could keep it in the plant. I was like, yeah, why not? And honestly, like I had, I had, I was shaving down. I have my own, uh, my raise, my own razor set, and I was doing variable lengths and just like slowly trimming it back. I got to the mustache, and I was about to get it, and then my wife was like, "Nope, keep it. I love it." <laughs> so, yeah, I'm still rocking the mustache. It's I here. Ap- I applaud you, and I thank Dixie. Oh yeah. For being pro mustache. Pro mustache. Even with a clean shaven chin, man. I. Yes. I love mustaches. I never thought it would be something that looked good on me until I had it. And I was externally validated by the person who is in love with me. (laughs) Well, see, that's a big thing. This is because I love mustaches. I wish that I could have a mustache. Wait, sorry. But what? You wish are... you could have a mustache, dude? Well, yeah. Okay. I wish that I could wear a mustache confidently, and not have the people I love tell me how awful it looks on me. <sighs> this is 
This is a really hard conversation for me, Stephen. Okay, because like my entire life, I've been jealous of your facial hair growing abilities. Like eighth grade, you were growing a better beard than some forty-year-old men I know. Okay. Okay, so this is this is a funny thing about me, as far as uh, appearance and people knowing yeah, what I look like. Only the people that know me personally really know what I look like. It's true. Because if you get on any of my social media, big beard, there are no, f- n- well, there's no photos of myself. Oh, whoa. I made a pack to myself with Instagram yeah. that I would never post any photos of myself. Ooh. However, I have since wanted to learn how to do self portraiture. A selfie. Classic selfie. No, no, no. No. <laughs> Actual nice. Okay, because that sounded like just like the pretentious version of taking selfie. That's selfie. Uh, This is a self portrait. Yeah, this is powerful. (laughs) No, actually, like uh, set up with uh, some sort of studio setup and take pictures of myself doing things that I love. Oh, kind of highlight highlight the features of myself. There's a few people that I really admire that do self portraits a lot. And it seems like a very, it seems like a really healthy introspective sure. thing to do, especially for someone like me that there's not really any photos of me. I've always been the one that takes pictures. Yeah. You're always behind the camera. I mean, that's, that's what your Instagram was yeah. themed as for so long was your own photos, like wilderness photos and then vacation. Nothing. Well, everything is my own photo. Nothing. On right. This. Never a repost but, for yeah. you. So that would be good. So that's another, that's a, going back. That's another reason why the videos are uncomfortable for me i'm like no one knows what i look like they don't get to know what i look like well i mean that'll change i mean i get a game changer right now is you you have a couple photos up on instagram at at no people pod it's true which is a pretty powerful beard i love the the uh the photo you gave me for your episode launch with you smoking the pipe this is oh, a yes. this is a strong image, but even then, that that's like like a pretty close beard for you. Whereas, very yeah. much so. The K and the 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 Shire yeah, one, the one is with more the sword. Hell um, yeah, dude! More on par with who I, I am. I remember <laughs> I have I have photos of you as one of my groomsmen in my wedding, where you were. It was only a mustache for you. You were clean shaven. Uh no, completely clean shaven. No, for your wedding. no way, really. Hundred percent remembering. This is embarrassing. We're talking tight haircut, completely smooth face. You're. It was. I was. Yeah. Oh, I looked good in that photo. I love them. I love those photos. I think you. <laughs> I was skinny. My face what was you, skinny. What you give us though, Oof. Torna, is when you, when you grow out the beard like we're all used to, it makes your head look a lot taller than it actually is. So when you clean shave, it's it's kind of an adjustment period for <laughs> for us to like get used to the like the distance between the top of your forehead and your chin because we all think it's like three inches longer. <laughs> Heck yeah, yeah, you get it. You know what I'm talking about. So there was a point there. I, I don't. I've got a couple photos from when uh, Mr. Colin Siskoyas, Caleb Lasloffy, and myself were climbing in Moab. Oh, yeah. 
when I had I had long hair. It was long enough to pull into a, a small. Dude, uh, I remember the bun phase. It was a small bun. It was because I always wanted to grow very my hair small, out. and it was very much inspired by Cam, right? Yeah. Yes. He's like, you should you grow should your try hair it. Out. And then I had a crazy yep. big beard, big curled yep. mustache. And then after being in the desert for oh. a week, like your hair gets oh. matted. Okay. Your beard's like sticking out in randoms. I looked like Forrest <laughs> Gump after he had ran for yeah. like a year. Yeah. I looked homeless. See? Yeah. And angry. Yeah. Okay. So this. Although, to be fair, I have what I call resting angry face. You think so? Yeah. So, in my natural, like, just sitting there, I look super angry. I'm not. To be honest, I think I know the face you're talking about. And maybe maybe my memory is colored by the fact that when we were in college together, it was definitely more stress than anger. But, like, to me, it's more, like, (laughs) it's more stress. Like, you have that, like, look of concern in your eyes. Like, you're about to just, like, completely fall apart. Oh no. <laughs> that's I think that's probably like I rather that's, look angry. that's probably like college college era torna. Well, that's because that's totally you, you were running yourself ragged with like twenty every plus year. credits every freaking semester. And yeah. I remember I remember that. Dude, what a weird time that was. What a weird time that was. I'm remembering the classes we had together, like proofs and Mathematica and stuff. Mm-hmm. We had Plunkies, uh, English literature. class. I okay. Where we read all these weird oh, postmodern okay. books. Okay. Let's talk about this English class, Stephen, <laughs> because I somehow and for some reason talked you into his class second semester. Mm-hmm. And I think like a couple weeks in, you were like, Stephen, why did you do this to me? <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't vibe with yeah. him. Yeah. And I, there was something about first semester that I definitely did. And second semester was very weird. It was very different. But can you remember anything specifically that you learned from that class that has stuck with you since? Other than that you didn't like him as a professor? I remember we, we read that really uncomfortable, weird, rapey book. This was, this was. Where the guy like breaks into the girl's house. uh, the short story. Oh no! It's like uh, "Scatter the Bones," something "The Bones" by by Scat- Jasmine Ward was the book. Nope. No, she came to the school. She was cool. I enjoyed. Yeah, that. she came and um, gave a great talk. To- but yeah, the book was very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um. No, that that wasn't the book I was thinking about. That was the short stories after we the quake. Read, uh, white noise. Was it? At- uh, maybe it was after the quake. There was a gate at the end of the stairs. Oh, I don't remember the title um, of that book. I never bought that book. How did I pass that class? I think I it was gated into the. St- that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I can I tell you something. White noise yep. by Don DeLillo is still on my shelf. I mm-hmm. I loved I loved I, that book. Okay, no kidding. When I was going through my books, I kept that and I'm gonna oh, reread it. I would love to talk about it once you finish it because I I read it last year, and I I remember thinking like this is bad writing when I read it in college. And I read yeah. it last year, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is good! This is good stuff!" Like, it's very postmodern. It's very, it feels scattered, and it's very perplexing. But by the time you finish, mm-hmm. like, I 
that's that is almost exactly what he meant you to feel by the time you finish the book. Let's I want to talk about it when you're done with it. Beautiful. It's uh, a couple books down yeah. the list as far as what to make Ooh, through. Let's put, real quick, but real let me quick, happen. let me put a pin in book list, like what's next on the list. But real quick, I wanted to yes. talk about the the one thing that has stuck with me since my time in Plunky's class in college is the exercise he would have us do to start essays, which he called writing to think. Do you remember this exercise? Nope. It was, it was, so he would require that it was on a notebook, that it wasn't on a laptop, but the, the exercises he would put 10 minutes on a huge, like red letter digital clock at the top of the, the class, the lecture room. And he would, he would set 10 full minutes on it and say, as soon as this starts, you're writing to think, which means your pen is always in motion. Even if you have to fill a complete page by saying, I don't know what to write about, you are not allowed to stop. You're not allowed to self-edit. If you make spelling mistakes, you have to ignore them because your pen is not allowed to stop and not allowed to stop moving forward. Mm-hmm. And that practice, dude, is so wildly valuable to me now. Like that's that's honestly one of the biggest lessons I learned in my couple years of college before I dropped out was writing to think is such a valuable exercise. And honestly, I think it does translate itself into why I think journaling is so valuable today. But you don't remember this at all. I do not remember this at all. Uh well that was uh well oof. That's bad. Book list. Let's move on to book list. What's what's next on the list then? Do you think we could do like top Okay five do you have them in order of what what you want to read next uh yes i do actually so um right now i still need to finish 1984 i had it worked through for like two months now this is uh this is hg wells uh well i always confuse those two i think i can i think i confuse those two on cat's episode of no normal people i think i Oh, I messed right. that up. So I need to finish that book. That's going right now. I was partway through Friedrich Nietzsche's Beyond Good and Evil. Wowzers. Dense. So I've benched that. I still have eight hours of listening to it left. Oh, it's an audiobook for you. Um, okay. It is an but audiobook. This, that's and the then book, I started that's, a that's new the book audiobook. That's famous for the God is dead and we have killed him line, right? I actually Maybe you haven't gotten know. there yet. I mean, that's 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 I haven't got Nietzsche's to that part yet. Fav, like famous line, right? Oh, but, okay. Uh, I think it's um, in Beyond Good so and Evil. We'll see. We'll see how far I make it in that if I finish it. I probably that's will a eventually. dense philosophical so work. I, I started. Uh, yes, it is. I started a new book recently. Uh, All the light we cannot see. Anthony oh, Doerr. Okay, and it is. I am absolutely captured by it. I am enthralled. I am only like five chapters in. They're pretty long chapters, but it's the story of a blind French girl who encounters a German, a young German man 
in World War II. Hmm. Okay. And I don't know what happens in the interaction, but right now the book is just laying out these children when they were younger. So the journey of this young girl uh, be- becoming blind and how her father has raised her. And then the story of this young uh, orphan boy, and he's just this brilliant builder and thinker and inventor. And now it's kind of, I'm thinking it's leading into how he's going to get recruited into the Nazi wow, army. That's intense. Um, Jeez. And it's just World War II history and bombing of cities. And and it's these beautiful descriptions. I'm, I'm in love with the book. I, mm. Yeah. I'm like, I just want to read this book. Good. That's very good. That's very good. So I'm really it excited is a novel, I started though, that. right? I actually don't even know. I just went into it, oh, someone's recommendation, okay. and I just said, I'm not going to read a description. I'm just right going to read there the you book. Go. Um, but I'm f- almost positive it's fiction because it's so, so much detail that it's got to be historical yeah, fiction. Absolutely. But okay. The next book in line for me is a book called The Old Ways by Robert McFarlane. Mm. And it's specifically a book about engrossing exploration and walking and thinking. Oh, interesting. So basically, I believe it's about this. It's a book that this man wrote as he specifically went to hike these ancient trails and ancient roads and paths all around the world. And then he thought and reflected as he traveled these ancient paths. Interesting. And so it came highly recommended from an individual that I have a ton of respect for. So I'd figure I'd dive into that. I think that's, I'm at two books. There's a little bit, there's a little Um, bit of parallel, like you describing what that book is reminds me of the short, it's more like an essay than it is even like a, a booklet or something. But the, uh, the essay Mm -hmm. entitled walking by Henry David Thoreau. Oh yes. yes. I think that and just and reading Walden, I think I think everyone should read Walden. By the way, there there are some dry parts, admittedly, when he's like breaking down what what the costs of his like grocery <laughs> list for the month were. But oh right. my gosh, there were there are some absolutely beautiful and lyrical, poetic prose about the way he observes nature and and takes like these long seven to ten hour walks through like shin high snow and just loves every minute of it oh it's ab- it's it's absolutely my favorite book okay uh i'll have to add that to the list and so there's that, yeah that's it. it's like classic transcendentalist like if you've ever heard of uh ralph waldo emerson uh, henry mm-hmm. david thoreau is essentially emerson's protege like disciple almost in that like transcendentalist movement um, in the 1800s. It's, it's beautiful. I, I love those two as, as writers and as thinkers, they're both very powerful. There was my plug. Sorry. You were working on the list. Yes. I think you were two in. Uh, No, it's two in third right now. I have Alexander the great by Philip Mm. Freeman. It's a completely historically accurate, (laughs) but, told like a story of of Alexander okay. the Great and I'm so enthralled with that because it's going to be a great kind of introduction to what is stoicism oh it's yeah it's going to right very interesting I know Alexander the Great was an incredible man in that you know 
great scholar, a great warrior. I mean, a, a, a ruthless warrior. On top of that, though, I knew he, I know he had immense respect for women above mm. and beyond anyone of that time period. Yeah, which is very interesting. And so I'd love to get a dive into, into his life because I truly think Alexander the Great is one of those men that probably should be emulate, emulated in a lot of ways. Mm. I've, never, um, I've never heard so I'm, him... I'm interested to dive into I've that. I've never world. heard him tied to Stoicism directly like that. Like, like I think of Stoicism and I think Marcus Aurelius and... Mm, what's the guy? Gosh, I'm blanking on the name. This is two whiskeys in. I'm blanking on the guy's name. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Seneca. Seneca is the... The classic, oh, right. um, yeah, the, the classic Stoicism thinker. Right, but I, I, I believe they lived in time. But they're probably in that um, philosophical stream enough. Interesting. Similar, okay. but his, his mentor and, and private tutor was Aristotle. Oh, that's right. Which is crazy. Yeah. So, and I, and I, I do believe Aristotle and the Stoics didn't share, um, all of their kind of personal mm-hmm. philosophies, but I do know that Aristotle and the Stoics both valued um, like exercising virtues. So that was Ew. like a big thing. And then I think that was That's transferred good. into Alexander's um, virtues yeah. that he did. Yeah, have. absolutely. Okay. So I'm really excited to read that book. That's more nice. like a history nice. book. Um, after that, I'm probably going to read hero of the empire candace millard hmm. uh that's the story of winston churchill oh um in the yeah. borough wars okay and where he kind of became like a war hero and his his like that that's what set him up for all his fullest popularity and success through world war ii okay exactly and and being kind of a public sure. figure in in england so I'm like really he had, excited like about he had that proven well. himself before the war by by like what you're about to read about yes. oh that's cool i like that a lot yes so and that's and it's like a, i think it's kind of an exciting adventure story because he uh was a prisoner of war and escaped and he was you know there's i think you know exciting like train chases and but it's all real stories yeah it's nuts. okay and then after that we'll see if i can be motivated to listen to the whole series. It's a very long series, but I really wanted to get through the rise and fall of the third Reich. Well, yeah, that's, that's huge. Probably one of the most important that's books huge. that I could, yeah, could make it through. Yep. Wowzers, man. That's a, that's a good list. I respect that a lot. Do you do most of your reading through audiobook nowadays? Uh, uh, a lot. I've got, I've got a lot of books around that. It, so right now I'm, I've got, uh, a few books that I'm working on. One's called Profit First, like business books, smaller books. I'll usually buy copies oh, of. Okay. So I can kind of flip through them sure. when I have time. And then any long, like I've got the um, Gulag Archipelago. Oh. Audio books. Yeah. That's you know, it's got to be 80, 80 hours of audio or you something. Got the, I can't. You got the full it. version. I just can't. Yeah. I did, because I was waiting for the abridged version from Greg yeah. Pearson. Is that not out yet? I thought it was. They postponed it. Oh, yeah, he got sick. crazy sick. So, if it came out, you already know I'm going to just... He read the... Uh, he read his foreword to it on his podcast recently. They had the audio of him oh, reading it. Oh, very cool. 
because they recorded it for audiobook, obviously. So that was him. Also, I think I said, what did I just say? The Gulag Archipelago, 80 hours. It looks like it's 100 oh, hours. That is huge. This is Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Holy moly. Oh. It is. Again, I think it's a book that I, the more I've reflected on it and learned about that kind of history. Like, you know, you got to dig into it. I have a personal conviction. I feel morally responsible to learn wow. this history. But uh, yeah, that's, that's my list. That's powerful. I'm into it. Some fiction, a lot of history, some philosophy. Yeah. Oh, what about you, man? okay. So I have my Goodreads open. So this is how I track my my next up books. I'm on a I'm on a personal quest that I started. <laughs> I started three years ago to read every single book on my bookshelf, so that I can be able to mm-hmm. say like when people come over and they're like they ask me about a book. I never want to be caught in like, oh, actually, I haven't, I haven't read that yet, but it's in my library. Well, I read it. Just, yeah. That's a very so good policy to have. I'm working on it. But the problem is, is books to my family now are like the, the it's like if, if they're going to do Christmas shopping or birthday or whatever, like if someone wants to give me a gift, they know a book is usually the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> Oh so no! So the pile right? just keeps and, and growing it's like, and growing. Um, <laughs> I know what you're getting for Christmas. <laughs> so whiskey. Oh, yes, <laughs> thank you. Anyway, so yeah, my pile keeps growing. But so I do, I do keep a list though of what I want to be reading next. So I think I've talked talked about this before on the podcast, but I always keep two books running at any one time. One I call my bed book, which is typically like fiction or something I don't feel the the need to take notes on. And then uh, a chair book where I sit and I, I take notes. I have note cards and I take all sorts of notes and underline and dog ear pages mm-hmm. and whatnot. So I have a few on the list here. I'm just about to wrap up a book by uh, Montesquieu called Persian Letters. Um, Montesquieu is pretty famous. He had a pretty huge informative treatise on representative government that the uh, a lot of the founding fathers drew upon um in the com- in the constitutional convention but before that he mm-hmm. took a crack at writing a novel or a sort of novel as he called it called Persian Letters and it's his protagonist is a Persian man uh, who is traveling throughout Europe and every chapter is literally just like corresponding letters between him and his friends and acquaintances and like his eunuchs and his wives back home. So it's really cool. Cause like he fit about what he experienced, what he's experiencing as he's, as he's traveling, but also like he's getting reports from the people back home about like how his house is being run. Now that the apparent head of the household is, has just been gone for months on end. And like, there's there's chaos being sown by by the some of the wives trying to rebel and yeah no it's like a it's oh, a no. really <laughs> neat concept it's it kind of reminded me of C.S. Lewis's screw cool. tape letters like the the story is filled in by the fact that you're you're reading you feel like you're just like reading letters back and forth so I'm just about mm-hmm. to finish that once I'm done with that I'm gonna crack into the space trilogy by C.S. Lewis <gasps> because I've That's never read it before. Okay, I recommend this to everyone. That is my absolute favorite. Yeah. Uh, I can't say if it's my favorite C.S. Lewis, but I think it is a wonderful 
C.S. Lewis series. It's, I it at least blows Narnia out of the water. Right. Yeah. It, as far as I can tell, he he gets to represent himself as a lot more. Like it's more adult fiction, whereas it's whereas Narnia is more, more fiction toward he, children reading. Yeah. Yes. Introduces a lot of interesting theological right. conversations yep. in his dialogue between characters. He basically is describing space travel before any kind of space endeavors. Right. Yeah. He was writing in the 1930s, wasn't he? Uh, this, I think, is 1940s that oh, okay. this was written. But he he describes uh, a spaceship and traveling through space, visiting uh, alien planets far before you know any any rock anything was cool. in space right cool and it's cool. very cool to see how he, he yeah kind of hopping on that the then, like classic science fiction era like there in the 40s right and then later on in the series and this is no spoiler but for anyone that might be interested they go to a planet that hasn't yet had a fall that is there's a perfect planet there's an atom yeah. on it and sin has not been introduced right. to that planet, and them going there is what introduces Ooh. sin. <laughs> That's huge. And then it's all, and then and then it dives into all of those, like what it is to fall, and and there's some interesting, interesting conversations. And, I'm excited to read it. I'm very like very, very much cool. looking forward to it. Another, yes, and it's also very cool to to hear a a story from a Christian perspective. Of there being multiple planets sure. and life on it. Yeah. What that might look like. Is that something that's within the, within the realm of of the God of the Bible? Huh. Um, it's just, it's that's very good. interesting. So I, I'll give you an update as I read it. it then. That sounds good. I have a biography of John Ronald Riles Tolkien on the list written by Michael White that I'm very excited for. Um, what else? I have Steven Pinker's enlightenment now on the docket i've heard plenty about it um, i've not i don't know much about uh, yeah steven pinker it, the the subtitle is the case for reason science humanism and progress and especially essentially uh-huh. what i hear about the book and what i'm very excited about is he he gives a ton of data-driven evidence for the fact that the world is on like an ever increasing slope in a positive direction and that we, we, we hear about a lot of the negative stuff because that's what sells the most ads on network news and on social media. Like it gets people fired up, but his entire book is just, it's a thick book, just full of like, I've, I've flicked through it and it's like just full of graphs and statistics, just proving how poverty is going down, how homelessness is going down, how crime is going down. Like he's just showing all these trends driven by data on how humanity is actually progressing under enlightenment oh, concepts. Well, yes. And okay. And I do, I do like that because that is a perspective that I have. The world is incredible. And in many ways it's the right. best that it has ever been. Um, people are yeah, the like most it's, well it's, off. It's easy it's to think easy. that it's all just like a people dumpster are, fire, but it's not though. Right. But that's the, right. as far from the truth as it can be. So is is Steve uh, Pinker the guy that has the um? Oh, what's his website that just shares news of awesome? Yeah, it. I forget what it's groundbreaking called. Breaking medicine. Yeah, and, Jordan Peterson talks about that website all the time. But it's like yes. it's literally just 
here's something awesome that just happened in the world, like a scientific breakthrough that you won't hear about because it won't sell enough ads on MSNBC or whatever, right. you know? Yeah, he's he's the one who runs that project. I'm Phenomenal. excited to read that. That's really cool. It's a thick one. That'll that'll take me a while. But uh, let's see other things on the list. Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear by Elizabeth Gilbert is something on the list. Especially like okay. continuing to dive into all sorts of creative podcasting projects and and business ideas and opportunities, all that. Um, I, I'm pretty excited for. Essentially, what I've heard of this book is like it just it's the pump up, like get you fired up permission to be excited about what you want to create instead of instead of allowing self-doubt and like self-editing to win the day, you know? Yeah. So I'm excited like for that, that one. A lot. Good to Great by James or by Jim Collins. Uh, the subtitle is Why Some Companies Make the Leap and Others Don't. This is like a book that I've always heard is one of those famous business slash leadership books like Seven Habits of Highly Effective People or How to Win Friends and Influence People. Like these huge these huge names in business book genre. I have a collection of poems by Mary Oliver called Devotions that I'm gonna get into. That's gonna be one of my bed books. It's just I'm I'm I really wanna try and get into poetry. I've oh, I've yeah, been for moved. Sure heavily by Mary some of Mary Oliver's work in the past on podcasts I've heard of hers so yeah I'm I'm pretty excited to let this one just live on my nightstand for a while and just like teach me how to appreciate poetry as an art form I have oh, that's great hacking darwin um by Jamie Metzl this is genetic engineering and the future of humanity quite a few from the podcast and interviews I've heard of his, like quite a few ideas of how technologies like CRISPR are poised to just like transform our planet in the next couple hundred years. Yep. And then lastly, the one I wanted to mention was it's a book by Martin Ford called rise of the robots technology and the threat of a jobless future. Kind of the, the concept of AI is starting to take over a lot of, jobs that are considered classically secure and safe because they're in manufacturing right. or repetitive, exactly. low skill kind so of jobs. His book is all yep. like digging into the advancements of AI technology and how we're finding that these, these technologies can pretty easily replace human beings in a way that reduces error and increases, you know, revenues, profits and seeing, seeing flourishing through that but then what do you do if you're the person who doesn't have the skills to move on from that type of job that is getting replaced that's the reading list good great that's a that is a solid list that is a lot to make through but it sounds like you are going to be taking some time off right um coming up over um the holidays yeah we got a couple projects going so hopefully that's good. Well, hopefully you'll have some some nice time to relax Absolutely. and make it through those books. I know I'm going to be trying to take some extended time off, especially around Christmas, um, as work is slowing down. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. But I think this is a pretty good spot to wrap up this evening. Absolutely. Well, spe- so speaking of uh, enjoying the holidays, we we're going to leave our right, Thanksgiving, exactly. That's our happy Thanksgiving headed. wishes here because again, like 
we record on Thursdays and Thanksgiving is on a Thursday and we're definitely not going <laughs> to carve out the time we we want to keep with our loved ones around the table, like enjoying their fellowship and try right. to prioritize a and podcast through we it. Thought so. it would be, yes. And we thought it would be best to just take a little break instead of trying to do an early recording session. So we will be back the week after Thanksgiving. Hopefully Kat is well by then and she can hop back in Absolutely. on the whiskey bench. And we'll kick it. I'm I'm thinking next episode hopefully we'll be discussing a little bit of some meme, meme culture. culture. I mean, it landed in our intro and our trailer. Like it's something we all care about. It's about time we uh, kind of establish yes. what we mean by that and 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 where how we move forward. Exactly. And that's going to be a super fun conversation to have. So I want to wish everyone an absolutely delightful and happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we truly have so much to be thankful for. This year has been a year for the records. And I think it's easy to say it's all doom and gloom. But at the end of the day, there is always something to be thankful for, something to be looking forward to in the future. Count your blessings Absolutely. where they are. That's my, Absolutely. my only little thing. You to know say. what I think we should do? We should see if Kat is into this, but we should record on New Year's Eve and we should just have a full episode. Maybe we could get people to email at, like, email us or DM us and we could read, like, positive stories from 2020 even in the midst of like pandemic and and all sorts of economic nonsense that would be fun yes. like if you if you have any stories you should uh you should dm on a dm us on instagram or twitter i know we're whiskey bench pod and i think that's the email too right torna whiskey bench pod at gmail.com let's tell some stories let's tell let's talk about the good stuff that happened in 2020 because i'm tired of hearing of all the bad stuff because personally i've i've had a great year like i know that that might sound very privileged and and yeah no i guess that's that's the right word for it but i i've had a good year i've developed myself i've learned business i've like developed myself into a regular podcaster which is brand new to my life so like I want to hear other stories like that. Yep, and I, I will agree with that. I think this has been maybe one of the best years. That Crazy I've ever had. that we can say that. I love it. I love it. And despite having some family health issues and, and having a lot of worry, a lot of, of that, a lot of the bad that happened results in a lot of mm. introspection. And you really do have a choice to take the bad and let it drag you yeah. into the pits of hell or you can take that bad and and use that yeah for your or, own benefit or let it teach you how to growth. appreciate the contrast like the bad is here to teach you how good exactly. the good is exactly so and that's that's good. where i'm at this year and so i'm immensely thankful love it torta this is so much fun i loved this i love this hangout this was fun i love just absolutely chilling well, there it is. Thanks, friends. And Here I, we go. On that note, I, cheers. I say we virtual clink. Ready? One, cheers. two, three. Clink, clink. Thank you for joining us on the Whiskey Bench. If you would do us a favor, please tell a friend about the show in person, with a text, or by sharing about it on social media. 
You can join us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest, all at Whiskey Bench Pod. And don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Remember, always drink responsibly. And cheers to a fulfilled life with all its beauty. Thank you.